Welcome back to Tea Time with the Boys. Uh, today is a really special episode. Um, I'm, I'm back with uh, Logan and Morgan uh, today, and we have a special guest. Uh, we've got Whaley. Um, Hello. <laughs> who is uh, a musical artist from, uh, you're from the Toronto area, right? Yeah, I'm, right I'm from that. Toronto. Okay, perfect. Um, uh, music artist, surfs the Great Lakes, which is <laughs> fucking awesome. Um, and uh, has been recently getting pretty big on TikTok as well. So um, mm-hmm. we're, we're just going to sit here, we're going to chat. Um, and obviously we've got a few questions for you and stuff, because, I mean, I'm super interested about how you've gotten here in general. Um, like, uh, like, how did you first get into music? Like, uh... I got, got into music at a pretty young age. Um, had a kind of a musical family. And uh, I got I got going in music lessons pretty young. Like I I think I was probably around grade three or four doing guitar lessons. And uh, at the time, I absolutely hated it. It, it drove me nuts because I had to learn songs out of a book, and it just wasn't cool uh, for me, at least at the time. Uh, I was a pretty hyper kid, so I actually told my parents I didn't want to play music anymore. Probably after about a year of lessons and that's what happened and my guitar just sat in the corner of my room till uh, till about high school uh, and that's when youtube was really coming up and you could really kind of learn at your own speed and kind of got more interested in songwriting and had inspiration from uh you know other artists and things like that and more importantly i just thought it was cool now at that time and that, that's high school is when i really started getting into music uh kind of the way i am right now okay so did you start writing music in high school as well yeah that's that's when i started writing music towards the the end of high school uh that's when i really started writing my own songs Uh, i started off just by kind of playing covers things like that i would play at the little coffee house thing we had going on at high school and that's kind of how i got my my start in performing but um yeah i started writing my own tunes towards the end of high school and I released my first song ever, I think, just shortly after the last year of high school. So it would have been around just about 10 years ago. It would have been like late 2012, early 2013. So nearly 10 years ago, I released my first song. Wow. Um, of course, not as Whaley. I've gone through m- many different uh, monikers and many different bands and musical acts since then but that's kind of when i put my first thing out into the world okay yeah because logan was saying you uh, used to have like a, a duo act as well um uh, found, yeah uh, somewhere yeah so um i i used to be in this duo called andrew and veda it's kind of like an, an indie folk duo and uh we we kind of started that in 2016 and that was that was the first project I was ever part of that kind of got any traction. Um, so we started getting some pretty good spins on Spotify and Apple Music and YouTube, and started growing a kind of a little fan base, which was cool. And we were we were getting some international recognition and a couple of placements on shows like Netflix and things like that. So. Yeah, that was, that was the first thing I was part of that really caught any serious traction. And that's kind of what gave me my, you know, 
a little push to where I am right, right now. And uh, I also performed under my, let's call it uh, my government name, <laughs> Andrew <laughs> Sheriff. I did, I did a lot. Of, I still do a lot of solo stuff under that, that name. Mm. Um, but it's a lot that when I put stuff out under my own name, it's a lot more of a kind of just a fun passion project type of thing. Uh, yeah. For me, it's just like a, you know, uh, it's just for fun in a way. So I recently just started Whaley last year at the start of the pandemic. Uh, so it's, it's all pretty fresh. This is a pretty fresh project for me. <laughs> wow. Okay. And for, for a fresh project, like, I don't know, obviously much about this, uh, this stuff, but I'd say it's gone pretty well for, for something that's this new, right? It's been surprisingly well especially given the current climate of the world and the music industry with the pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's, there's a couple factors that come into play of why, why it was like that. But I think the, the, the key one is that I actually recorded all these Whaley songs in 2018, started recording them in 2018. So I was kind of just sitting on this little nest egg of songs that I had recorded and I was just kind of waiting for the right time to start this new project because I'd been thinking about it for a while. Um, I started it actually after my folk duo, Andrew and Beta, we kind of broke up, we kind of ended things and kind of went, went our own ways. So started recording the Whaley stuff in 2018. So it's kind of just a matter of waiting for the right time to drop it. And so I had a lot of content ready to go, which mm -hmm. otherwise would have been I mean, we, we've had to do some stuff during the pandemic, like film some live sessions and things like that. And it's been super tricky. So if I had to record all those songs and do all that kind of stuff actually during the pandemic, it would have been extremely difficult. And I, I don't know if I would have been where I am right now if I hadn't been sitting on these songs prior to that. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess you, you really did release them at a pretty good time, I guess, eh? in terms of... Uh where people work. And... Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting because um, like I said, I, I would, I'd been performing under my own name, Andrew Sheriff for a while. And I was actually doing a, a tour, just like a Canada thing uh, before the pandemic started. So we were doing like a winter tour and uh, it was from January, kind of like a weekend warriors type thing. Like we did a bunch of shows every weekend all across um the province and yeah that kind of got cut off short in march when the pandemic hit on the 13th and i was kind of like yeah maybe this is um <clears throat> excuse me maybe this is like a good time to to dive into the whaley thing and really take a step back from what i've been doing currently and and get things going on that and uh i think <laughs> i guess it was the right move i hope yeah. it was the right move i would say yeah. so yeah um because, I mean, I mean, for us, we, the, the pandemic hit us, and all of a sudden, because we all, uh, we would all record, like, in the same room off of a phone. Yeah. Uh, for this. And so, the moment the pandemic hit, our our plays just went straight down. Like, they hit the floor um, just because of this thing. But then, uh, through the summer, as things kind of eased up uh, again, like, last year. Um, like I think as well, like this pandemic was a bit more of a blessing for us than anything else because um, well, it allowed us a lot more time to record stuff. But to be honest, like 
Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that because I somewhat feel the same way. Like I was I was super upset at the start of the pandemic because our like I had worked really hard on the tour that we were doing and uh, it was we were getting some really good speed going and I was super upset with that. But uh, yeah, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. Like I I was also working. I'd been working like this this part time gig on the side. Well, it was really more like a full time job kind of self-employed thing that uh, took up a lot of my time. And that actually, I got laid off uh, at the start of the pandemic. So it actually gave me a lot more time to just focus on the nitty gritty behind the scenes thing of music that you don't always get the time to do if you, you have another job. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like it definitely did, did give me the time I needed to work on things which is interesting because a lot of people say it uh, kind of wrecks their, their musical career in a way. Mm. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think that we kind of found that as well. That it was a bit of a blessing in disguise, um, which I didn't expect to see, but it was, uh, it was definitely good in, like looking back on uh, like the past year and everything. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. So I was also wondering what's the story behind the name Whaley? where where does that come from i don't know if i've I've ever really told anyone before it's um basically like i said we recorded these we started recording these songs in 2018 and basically my mindset going into recording these songs was like i'd always been playing more like like really rootsy music almost blue like a mixture of americana music and bluegrass like really kind of organic stuff and I was going to record these songs. I basically, I started working with like a whole new team of people. Like I found like a really great producer and engineer that were kind of more in like the poppy world because my whole idea behind things was I kind of wanted to go a little bit more, a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more produced, a little bit more pop with things, still have that little folk flair in it. Um, And that's the reason why I also didn't want to just release it under my own name. And I wanted to start like a whole new entity and like, just make it a whole new part of me kind of thing, almost like an alter ego in a way. And I had been kind of trying to figure out the right name for so long. Cause it's, it's so difficult to choose an artist name these days, like because of the internet, it's just, it just makes things impossible because everyone has thought of like every spelling of every name. It's like ridiculous. And if you don't get, get the right name, then you can't get like the, the Facebook or the Instagram, or you don't come up when you people search you on Spotify or like, it's really funny. So yeah. I probably came up with 300 or 400 different names that I liked oh, wow. and just all of them is Holy. just like, can't do this. Can't do that. Uh, taken, 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 taken. And that's partly the reason why I didn't release the Whaley stuff earlier uh prior to the pandemic because i literally couldn't figure out a name that just felt right and uh just so happened one day i was driving out in the country around georgetown uh winston churchill and steels there's an intersection there and there's a, a heritage sign that says whaley's corner and i just was like hey that's that could be interesting like kind of ties into maybe like a little aquatic theme that i got going on with my surfing and kind of unique so i just kind of fiddled with the uh, spelling of it and i kind of sat with it for a little while and uh and then just kind of went for it and 
it just felt right. And it's kind of funny now because a lot of people, most people don't even know me by my real name. So most people just call me Whaley everywhere, which is, it, it <laughs> just feels right now, which is funny. So, I, I remember like when we, when we first uh, like set up this, uh, this episode and everything, uh, and, like looking into you, I, I, for the life of me, could not find what your real name was. Like, <laughs> I could only find your name. I could only find Whaley. That's a good um, thing, I think. That's kind of uh, kind of what I'm going for. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely a good thing. Um, and it means it's working, right? I um, think so. Like it's, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I in- intended to happen, and it just kind of organically happened. So I'm like, all right, sick. I'm stoked on that. I'm gonna roll with yeah. it. Yeah. So I wanted to ask as well, because this is, this is like a question I've always wanted to ask any musical artist in general, because I, I find the idea of it so, I, I just can't wrap my, my head around like how other people like think everything, because like, everybody's so unique in how they, how they think, how they uh, operate, you know? Yeah. What, like when you sit down and write a song, what's the first thing you think about when like lyrics wise, what's the first thing yeah. you kind of go through? That's a, that's an interesting one because, um, I do so many different things. Like I don't really have a method. And in the last, in the last couple of years, I've been doing a lot of co-writing, like almost every single song you would hear from me has been written with other people as well. Um, I got introduced to it by a friend like four or five years ago. He's like, Hey, you should just, you should try co-writing. I think you'd really like it. And I didn't realize that's pretty much how the majority of the music world operates. Like, most artists don't just sit down and and just write a song like in their living room by, by themselves like it's pretty rare these days you might get like those few really uh kind of like it's part of their image type guys like city and color maybe or mm. kind of like really moody kind of solo people like that but yeah I, I co-write a bunch of songs so usually what ends up happening is like uh it'll be me and either like one or two other people in a room and like we we all show up and if we're writing if we're writing like a whaley song for me for example it's most likely that people are gonna be like all right well what's like what kind of song do you want to go for today like what are you what are we looking for and then more often than not people will just start kind of like pitching out ideas kind of like sometimes people will have like a title and you just start off like a title. Uh, sometimes people have like a concept, like kind of like, here's my, here's this story. Why don't we write about this? Sometimes people will have like one or two random lyrics and you kind of like build it off that. But more often than not, I think the way I do it is I usually have, I get like these little bursts of ideas all the time. Like it's super, super annoying for me because sometimes it happens like in the shower or like in the middle of the night. But Basically, I just take out my iPhone and I just voice note it right away so I don't forget it. And then that's more, more often than not, that's how I've been starting my songs lately. Just off of like me humming some random melody or kind of anything like that. Like I have a song out right now that was just on my new EP called What's It Gonna Take? And that mm-hmm. kind of just started off me just kind of like yelling random stuff. Like no, no actual words, just kind of like yelling the melody into my phone. And then I brought that to these three guys that I was writing with that day. I was like, Hey, this is my idea. Do you think this could work? And they're like, yeah, it could work. And then we kind of just 
built it off of that initial melody. So it's it's different every time, but there's no for me at least there's no kind of one certain way that I do it. That's see that's cool. Like as I said, like it's it's cool to see how other people how other people operate, how other people think, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's totally interesting, man. I was I was the same way. Like before, I really got into like songwriting heavily. Uh, I was always so interested in it too, and I I really had no idea that all these big pop songs and country songs and pretty much all like every big song out there is more often times than not written by like two or three people rather than just like the artist. And I think I was like shocked by that when I first was getting into music. I'm like, how inauthentic? That's crazy. But uh, it's really just how the world works. I think it's really cool because you just you get to connect with people that way, kind of uh, build friends in the industry, in a sense. And uh, it's it's a good community builder, and it's really fun. So, hmm. yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's that's definitely a good way of doing things. Um, yeah. So obviously, like uh, you've you've gained a lot of popularity on TikTok. We said that at the beginning. Uh, just recently uh, as well uh, and so do you like in, in in your opinion from what you've seen do you think your tiktok has has gained has done well for uh like done good things for your music like gained popularity or uh, i think uh i feel like tiktok is my number one thing keeping things rolling during the pandemic and i'm so grateful for that app and everything it's done for my music and i think without it this would have been like a completely different year for me which yeah. is crazy because i uh i put out my first song last year o- almost just about a year ago so it was on may 20th i put out my my first song last year and uh i was completely independent at the time i had no management no label no publishing like nothing i was just putting songs out there on my own and then shortly after that in the summer i signed a publishing deal right before I put out my second single called Waiting For You, which was in August, I believe. I could be wrong there, but anyhow, that's when things kind of started snowballing. And I had a very small social media at that time. Like I had just started an Instagram account and like it's very hard to start an Instagram account from scratch these days because it's just like Instagram has kind of really lost its organic kind of uh interaction i feel like at least that's what i mm-hmm. see um and then i signed with uh, my management uh, good people artist management here in toronto and we were just brainstorming like ways where we could kind of get the ball rolling on social media and everything that i was trying on instagram just wasn't really generating that that much organic engagement so we started thinking about tiktok probably late 2020 and at first I was like, man, I don't know about TikTok. Like, seems a little childish, seems a little uh-huh. weird. Like, yeah, I'm not super yeah. old. I'm only, I'm only uh, 25. So, I mean, I'm not an old man but yet, but <laughs> I felt like I was still part of the older demographic on TikTok. And I was like, I don't know about this app, guys. Like, I don't think it's going to really do anything. And then uh, that was kind of the end of the conversation there until i kind of got on tiktok and just started using it as just like a consumer like just kind of checking out what it's all about 
And I was like, oh, there's actually a lot of artists on here that are like really kind of blowing up like super organically and like getting really good stuff going on just from TikTok. I'm like, interesting. So we started talking about it more like me and my management and publishing. And I was like, all right, I'll give TikTok a try. So on January, I remember it was like January 1st or something like that. I started being like, all right, I'm going to take this seriously for a little while and see what it does. Literally three or four days after that, I, I made this post about my music and kind of like call to action uh, for Canadians, basically being like, hey, if you're from Canada, you're listening to my music. I want to know where you're at. Like maybe one day I could come play a show there. Mm. And it blew up. It, it went huge. It, like at the time, it was huge for me. It got like, I think around 300,000 views and it's tons of comments and, and all this stuff. I was like, wow, this is crazy. And that, that kind of really kickstarted the TikTok thing because, because of that one video, we got so many people going over and listening to my music on Spotify. And we got so many people going to Instagram from that. And it really just spiked my numbers. I was getting calls from like the news, like news <laughs> places, like, we did a bunch of news things because of that. I'm like, this is insane. Okay, TikTok is, has something really unique going on. And uh, that kind of lit the spark in me for TikTok. And I just kind of went full tilt from that day on on TikTok. And I think it's really paid off because it's kind of like, it's grow. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of skyrocketed my fan growth, I guess you could say compared to what the average kind of timeline would be for that sort of thing for a new artist. So again, I'm super grateful for it. It can, it can be a bit of a energy drainer. Like it's really like you, you got to be on TikTok like crazy to be super successful on it. Um, so it has been a, a, a lot of work. It's, I don't, I don't think I just got lucky. I think I put in the, the time, uh, but yeah. I'm all I can say is super grateful for that app. It's definitely uh can do some crazy things to your life. Yeah, no, that's something because we talked about that or we, we had been talking about that. Like even, I don't know, probably like three months ago, we were talking about doing a starting, like starting a TikTok for ourselves. Cause we know that like, that is something that happens a lot, right? Is a lot of people do go to TikTok and even us, like we were thinking the exact same thing. It's like, this feels childish and yeah, we're like, <laughs> we're all 17 years old, but we still felt like the older demographic as well. Like I, uh, I completely understand what you're saying when you say that, but, and, and when you say uh, that it, it requires a lot of consistency uh, as well, because TikTok, it's definitely an energy trainer. Um, <laughs> we've yeah. tried, uh, we've tried keeping up with it and it's very hard. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, again, I kind of got lost in it a bit cause I was so excited about the growth. So I kind of was like, up till two or three a.m. every night, just like doing TikTok stuff, and just constantly it was the only thing on my mind for probably like a month or two there. And I, I did have to take a step back and be like, "All right, you still, you gotta still uh, live life here. Take it easy." But um, it gets a little easier over time after you grow your following a little bit. Like you don't have to. I feel I, this is how I feel at least. It's all theory. I don't actually know, but I feel like you can be a little less consistent with things. Um, which is nice. I think it's that's how it works with any kind of social media platform. When you start building your audience a little bigger, you can kind of post maybe 
once every three or four days rather than like every day and gradually gets a little easier on you but uh first little bit is tough but yeah i think anyone can kind of go viral on that app so yeah. my advice to you guys would be just keep kicking around on there and it, it'll happen at some point like i, I see it happens to everyone so it's uh, yeah no it's pretty good odds it's definitely something that a lot of people are doing and i guess i i, I definitely think you're right like as you uh, as you progress like uh, people's loyalty or lo- loyalty to you uh, it gets uh they they have more loyalty right so um if you if you don't post for a few days something like that it it definitely would become a a lot easier as you as you get bigger uh to keep the consistency yeah i agree i think so um also like i want to ask as well like that that tiktok that you posted uh, Uh blew up why why do you think that one blew up if if you were to guess um I think it had a good call to action. It was just kind of relatable. But what, what my kind of method was at the start, because basically here's what TikTok is in my head. You basically copy, you're kind of making your version of a video that you've seen, right? Like you follow trends uh, and you, you, you kind of take part in the trends, right? So mm-hmm. you're kind of rarely creating like super duper original content, I feel like. Like you're always kind of basing your video off of something you've already seen on there, and at, at the ver- like now, of course, I do a bunch of kind of more original stuff with my surf stuff. But at first, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing on here. I'm just gonna follow the trends, try all the trends, and anything that I see working for other people, um, I'm gonna try because if it works for them, it probably will work for me. So. A buddy of mine, another uh, singer-songwriter from Ontario, John Muirhead, he was doing really well on TikTok, and I saw that he posted a video, basically like the first post that I did that blew up. So I was like, all right, this worked really well for him. I've kind of got the same demographic as him. I have no clue what I'm doing here, so I'm just going to try to make a video like that, see if uh, I have any success with it too. So I, I kind of just took the framework that he uh, he did for his video, as you do on TikTok, just kind of morphed it into my own. And uh, I just kind of put myself out there and it worked. It, it had a call to action. So I was like, if you're Canadian, like, tell me where you're listening from. And I, I think a lot of people love to kind of rep their hometown, especially if you're from like a weird town, like with a cool, like a just kind of a smaller town that's got a lot of pride and that sort of thing. So a lot of people are like, hey, I'm from so-and-so in BC or so-and-so in Nova Scotia, like places you've never heard of, but I think they're really stoked to like represent that online. Mm-hmm. So I think that was part of it for sure. And because um, that's basically all it was. I had like thousands and thousands of comments being like, hey, I'm in blah, 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 PI, uh, love your music, like come play here one day. So it was just a bunch of people name dropping their towns. And I think that call to action really helped and of course there's a there's a huge huge canadian um kind of audience on tiktok which is is quite crazy like this i think it's one of the bigger demographics on tiktok um because there's a couple countries i noticed that you don't really get a lot of people from Mm -hmm. like australia places like that i don't think tiktok is as popular Mm -hmm. so i think it helped to really just target canada as a the audience as well in that so if i had to make take any guesses i think a little bit of luck and a little bit of uh 
kind of audience targeting like that, and that's maybe why it blew up. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, you mentioned I, um, it the way I live it. No, I was going to say, I remember it on, like, I was not necessarily on TikTok, because uh, I'm, I'm not on there too often, but I, I remember on, like, one of your first videos on YouTube, all the comments, like you were saying, from, like, all a bunch of different places, and I just thought it was super cool, because, like, your fan base, like, really buried across Canada, so I thought it was super cool to see that. Yeah, yeah, I think that was awesome to see. I know the video you're talking about, I think it was for my song, Waiting For You. I kind of got, like, a bunch of crossover yeah. from TikTok, and I think that's really cool because obviously I'm proudly Canadian and uh, think to get your kind of start, you got you to gotta start where you're from. So it would be awesome when the pandemic's over to go do a cross Canada tour and kind of meet all these people from TikTok. And I just think it's, it'd be like a really cool thing to do. So yeah, I agree. It's pretty awesome that everyone's just kind of uh, showing that Canadian pride and name dropping their town. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be really cool if you did like a, a tour, you went to smaller towns instead of the bigger ones. Yeah, I, was, I, I think so as well. Like, uh, I don't really know what touring is going to look like in the near future. Um, and again, I've, I actually haven't even, of course, I've played lots of shows in my life and I'm very familiar with it, but I haven't actually played an in-person live show yet for under Whaley. So it was, it's going to be really fun, really interesting. And uh, It'll be kind of cool to see the energy at the shows. So I, I like that idea of kind of visiting maybe not the, the big major cities, uh, maybe like cool little towns outside of them. Like you guys know I love to surf a lot, so I thought it'd be really cool to kind of go out east and play like really small, intimate shows in like kind of along the coastline and then be able to surf on the off days and kind of make a, a nice little video of the whole thing. I think it could be an interesting way to do it yeah that sounds like a super i would watch that yeah. in an instant <laughs> <laughs> i love to do it yeah I'd, I'd be stoked to do that man yeah no that's I, uh, that's super cool yeah i think we actually we had a couple of questions about your surfing as well for yeah. sure yeah well like our, like i was just wondering like just in general like like i was just wondering how you like got into surfing on the ontario lakes and stuff like that um that one ties right into music too which it's hilarious but i so i used to live in australia so oh. uh, i came oh, so wow. that's that's where i started um surfing but i didn't really take it too seriously there like it was just i didn't have a lot of friends actually down there who who surfed um funny enough so i didn't really have a great friend group to go out with and surf a lot i i still surfed on my own quite often but um I came back to Canada in 2014, late 2014. I think it was actually maybe 2015. Um, and I was like, oh, I guess I'm done surfing. I guess I'm just only going to be able to surf on kind of vacation or trips now. So uh, that's kind of just, I got that in my head and that's how it was. And in 2018, when I started to work on the Whaley songs, started working with this new producer, a guy I'd never met before named Tal Weisman. And um, we got to talking and it turns out he was from Israel and he was like a big, he was really into surfing there because they have a great, they have like a lot of really great surfers in Israel because they're right on the ocean. And uh, he was like, yeah, man, I've been living here for like 10 years now. I miss surfing so much. Like 
I actually heard about this thing called lake surfing. Have you ever heard of it? And I was like, yeah, I have heard of it, but I just like, I don't know anyone who's done it. Like, I just don't know how it's possible. I've never really even thought about it. So he was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go try it. There's a shop that rents boards here in Toronto and I think I'm going to go try it and I'll I'll let you know how it is if you want. And, uh, you know, maybe you'll give it a go if it's, if it's something that seems, uh, like it's fun. So he went, that was in early 2018. He went out and, and, uh, started surfing in the lake for the first time. And he, he came back. I remember the next, the next session that we were recording together. He's like, dude, it was so sick. You got to come try it. And, and, uh, that was basically the start of everything. So my producer that basically, uh, started working on Whaley with me, got me into lake surfing and pretty much since that date, we've been like best buds and we surf together like every other day. And it's just been like this really amazing thing. So I haven't been surfing on the lake for too long. Uh, it's again, only been since 2018, but uh, it's been really amazing. It's kind of changed my life in a way. Like it's really got me a lot more active and I've, there's like this amazing community on the lakes of surfers and I met a ton of people. And of course it uh, kind of just naturally became almost my music brand as well, which is really cool, I think. So it was all because of uh, my producer and best bud, Tal. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's yeah. sick. Yeah. I've, uh, I remember seeing, I don't know how long ago it was. I think I've seen the, the video a few times. I think it was by like the Vice News or something. Uh, but these people, I'm pretty sure it was in like Michigan. Uh, yes. And, and they called it ice bearding. Yes, uh, that's, that's uh, you're thinking of, of you're thinking of Surfer Dan. Yeah, Surfer uh, Dan. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of like a again, it's a small community, right? So there there mm-hmm. is sur- a lot of surfing on the U.S. side too, because the Great Lakes, you know, we have the U.S. and the Canadian side, and Surfer Dan is kind of like a Great Lakes legend. He's like a, a <laughs> people have been doing this since the '60s. Very low key though. It's it's really kind of developed since then but surfer dan was kind of like one of the the pioneers of uh, lake surfing who really kind of i don't know promoted this the sport a little further and uh kind of made it more recognized so yeah he's he's really cool i i know the vice the little vice doco that you're talking about it's pretty awesome yeah i think that was the first time that i ever saw anything about it i remember seeing logan telling me that you did that as well and i was like oh i know exactly exactly what that is yeah it's it's fun man it's a great great community and i think it's the best thing about lake surfing is just everyone's reactions when they they hear that you're doing that and in the middle of the winter and all that sort of stuff it's it's hilarious it never never gets old so if if you were to give any advice to a new great lake surfer what would you tell them because it's got to be like it's got to be so different from regular surfing yeah, it's tough to get into on your own. My advice would just be find a group of people that uh, are willing to do it with you or find a friend who is already doing it because um, it's, it's way easier to get into something like this with a friend because it's, it's not the mornings where it's like minus 30 and you're getting changed in a wetsuit in a snowstorm and you're just like <laughs> completely frozen. There's zero motivation there. So at least if you have a friend like you're both kind of like stuck doing it and you kind of have to force yourself to 
get in there and just get used to it. But uh, if you don't have a friend who's doing it, there's tons of great shops all over Ontario that, uh, you know, in normal times, not during the pandemic, unfortunately, but in normal times, they, they run classes like kind of beginner classes where they'll rent you all the gear you need and then take you out with a group of people. And I think that's not only do you get a, a lesson and kind of get a nice introduction into surfing if you've never tried it before, but you also have the chance to meet some like-minded people that uh, you could potentially, be, you know, just become friends with and start going out with them. And at the end of the day, you, everyone in, in the lake surf community knows everyone, at, you know, once you start really going out there. So you make friends really quick in this scene. So it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty easy to keep going with it once you get into it. Yeah, I've, uh, I, I think, well, from what I've seen online and everything, I'd say it's growing now. I think a lot of more, a lot more people are kind of seeing it as, uh, as something that they can, they can try, you know? Yeah, it's, so. it's crazy. The, it's because it's of the pandemic, I think, and me and my friends have been talking about this a lot, where I guess just because everyone has a lot more free time and is wanting to try out new things, it's like, there's been days and it's kind of like this now all the time where we paddle out and I'm just like, dude, is this the ocean? There's like 50 people out in the lineup. It's crazy, man. Like you never think like, it's like we're living in a proper surf town. Like now it's, it's nuts, but uh, yeah. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. It's definitely yeah, a good thing. Definitely I, well, I'd like to try for sure one day. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I've always, I've always loved board sports and it looks like something that's uh I mean, it definitely fits uh, our, our kind of vibe, right? So, yeah, definitely get out there and try it. Like again, there's uh, lots of summer kind of waves that do happen, and I think that's a nice way to get into it when you don't necessarily have to be in the freezing cold and you don't really need a wetsuit on or anything like that. So, definitely, if you get the chance, get out there this summer when there's some waves and just have some fun. It's it's really awesome, man. Yeah, no, it definitely yeah. looks like it would be a blast. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to kind of take a bit of a turn as well, because you had uh, a new single come out this past Friday, uh, yes. and, uh, it's, uh, the waiting for you acoustic version. Yep. Um, so in, in terms of, uh, like taking a song that's cause I, I, if I'm, if I'm correct, that's your most listened to song on Spotify. That one is yes. That yeah. Is, so yeah. So taking a song that's like it's got that much magnitude, like it's um, taking a song like that because you said you wrote that like a year ago as well, right? Or you, I guess you wrote I actually that wrote that song even yeah even longer ago it was at in the very start of twenty eighteen, so a couple of years ago. So what goes into creating like an acoustic version of a song like that, especially like for you, like a song that means so much to um, your persona now? Um, I don't want to like, I don't want to sugarcoat it in a way. Cause uh, mm-hmm. I'll be, I'll be, I'll give you the, the real answer. It's honestly not much, especially like when I come from a world that's really heavily based acoustically, the, the whole idea of doing the acoustic version, I think is just like, for me, just giving people a, a little different of a flavor of the song because I know there's a lot of people that might not be into the like bigger production type stuff, and especially I started to notice that even though I was going trying to go a little bit more poppy with things, I was still getting a lot of like the indie folk kind of fan group 
following my my music so i was like i think i want to give these people like that that flavor that they they already know they like and see how they take it so when it comes to like a thing like that basically what we do is we don't really necessarily start from scratch um because the all those songs although they're pretty heavily produced the base root of them is just acoustic guitars and vocals so mm-hmm. essentially we go in and for that particular song um waiting for you it was it's a pretty fast song so when we when we went into the studio to kind of re-record it acoustically we had noticed that Tal and I were like it's maybe a little too fast tempo for an acoustic version so what we actually had to do was we in this one particular song we had to re-record a lot of new stuff because we had to slow the tempo down a little bit just to give it that a little bit better of a groove you'll notice that waiting for you the the original song is only like three minutes and 20 seconds or something like that and the acoustic one's a little longer uh almost around three minutes and 50 seconds or something like that and it's, it's because we slowed it down so for that particular one basically we just stripped the whole track took like all the big drums out all like we recorded a lot of live horns for that song too we took all the horns out all the electric guitars like anything like that and then we re-recorded uh acoustic guitars so we 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 recorded a new acoustic guitar part and then of course i had to re-record the vocals because we had slowed down the song uh, a little bit so the vocals i had uh, initially had recorded in there just wouldn't work so not a whole lot like we do that kind of stuff in sort of a day and for me doing the acoustic thing in this kind of pop folk pop genre it's just merely to give give people another flavor of the song in a way um because again i think if i was going to go play those songs acoustically live they'd also sound nothing like the acoustic version that i have online like on spotify which is kind of funny Mm -hmm. too so there's kind of so many different performances of of these songs that i could do but for for these ones yeah i think i just wanted i really like these songs and obviously it's a four-pack ep so it's not the longest thing in the world and i think i just wanted to give people a little extra a little mm-hmm. extra a little little uh you know gift in a way uh with the acoustic things so yeah it's it really fun but it's honestly man there's not too much I, that goes into a thing like that especially when We've already mapped out these songs so much. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that's uh, in, in terms of you you growing and everything. I think that's a pretty like it, it's good to have like a, you've got a healthy relationship, obviously, with like your fan base, right? Um, with something like you recognize that there's uh, you're, you're drawing in that indie crowd uh, and still doing things like to, to keep them in, uh, I, like kind of kind of listening to people, right? I think yeah, that's and again, super like, important. I like to be super, I'm not one of those guys who's going to be like, man, this acoustic thing, like, I just, like, just really spoke to me and I just need to do it. I'm not going to, not going to be like that, man. Like, I'm going to be, I like to be pretty straight up with, with people. It's just the new flavor. Just wanted to, I just wanted to, like, I really like that song and I just wanted to get more out of it and I just wanted to try new stuff with it. So that's, that's really what it is at the end of the day. Well, I, I definitely found that, like, li- like upon listening to the acoustic version because waiting for you like I, re- I do really like that song um and listen to the acoustic version it gives it like completely a, a complete new side you know like new life really like uh, i 
both versions I really enjoy, and both versions are so different, so similar in a lot of different ways. Like I really like that. Thank you. Yeah, I think a lot of people are saying that to me. Um, that so a lot of people are saying actually like the acoustic version a lot better, and I'm like, that's great, man. Like it's the, at the end of the day, same song, just a little bit different vibe, and I I like the acoustic version a lot too. I might even like it better than than the original version too because I just love acoustic kind of music. So. I totally get that, and, and I'm happy to hear that because that's kind of exactly what uh, I was trying to do. So, yeah, that's that's obviously like that's it's good that it's it's, it's what you wanted to accomplish with it. Yeah, it feels feels good when it's working out right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, with with the song "Waiting for You," as I said, like it's your most played song on, on Spotify. What do you think? Uh, what do you think got it there? Like, what do you think made that song so popular? um i don't know that's honestly i actually don't know that's a hard question for me to answer um it's gonna happen <laughs> i think it just happened yeah and like with spotify and stuff it's kind of like the streaming world is kind of interesting these days because there's all these like editorial playlists mm-hmm. things like that that can play like a huge factor um into which song becomes the most popular so they can almost kind of write that script for you in a way if it gets on like the right playlists. Um, but it's interesting because on YouTube, it's still the most popular song. So it, it kind of goes to show that maybe it's not, not about playlisting and maybe just about people just digging that song. But I don't know, man, like I thought, thought ready for it all, which is uh, the last single I put out before the EP. Yeah. I, I personally always thought that that was going to be like the big, big song and it's still growing pretty fast so it might be about in my head that was always like my favorite song and i was the most excited for that one but uh, people really dig waiting for you and can't really put a finger on why but i think going forward i've definitely been thinking about that because we're we're working on new stuff right now and i keep that stuff in mind right because you gotta mm-hmm. like you said you gotta listen to your audience right like i think when artists don't listen to their audience, it, it just makes life a lot more difficult for them. And again, you could have like these things where you kind of create this whole new, this whole new kind of like sound and people might actually really dig it. But more often than not, like just listen to what people are saying and it'll really help. And that's what I've been doing. So a lot more songs kind of like waiting for you coming up in the near future. Well, I, I think like uh, to, to kind of double up on what you said there, like I think that is with, with listening, listening to your fan base, I think it's all kind of like a matter of, I think it comes down to respect uh, almost because it's uh, a lot of people because like you're, you're in a fortunate position, right? And for, for people in those less fortunate positions, you don't want to make any of them feel like, you, you don't want to really rub it in, right? You don't want to, you yeah. don't want to uh, just show... <laughs> like how fortunate your position is or just not appreciate the people that got you there. So I think that overall, like um, you're going to grow a lot better and w- with a much stronger fan base uh, listening to your fans right from the get go. Right. I think you're right. And and that's again, a reason why I wanted to have this kind of new project. Cause I, I now have all these outlets to put different music out. If I want to, like I, I go down to Nashville and I write a, I, I love country music, like pop country 
country music. Obviously, I'm not really a pop country looking sounding type of guy, but I love that type of music. So I'll go down to Nashville and I write a bunch of country artists and I could kind of get my fix of that out there. And uh, again, like any really like super moody Americana stuff, I could just put out under my own name if I wanted. So there's like, it's really great in that sense where I can just like listen to the people and, and kind of really try to go for what they want to hear with Whaley, which is really awesome. Um, and I think that's what's going to uh, help maybe just keep this going as a long-term thing, you know? Like, uh, really been noticing, again, that a lot of my fan base really digs the more, like, indie folk acoustic type thing. And initially, I was going for a bigger poppy vibe. But in the next project, I might kind of try to lean into the more indie folk acoustic thing again a little more because if that's what people are digging then why not why not give mm-hmm. it to them you know yeah and uh you mentioned like a, a long term as well there and i want to i want to ask um like what what is your your future goal like the the pinnacle of where you want to get with uh with this project uh in like a very very long term sense i have haven't really like put a finger down on exactly what, but I think any kind of artist's goal is just to be able to live comfortably off of their art and just be able to continue to make art for forever. And I think that's definitely my goal. Like uh, just kind of not have that worry in your mind about is this, am I going to be able to do this next year kind of thing? Mm -hmm. So I think, Long-term wise, that's pretty much the only thing I've currently thought about because it's, it's crazy how fast things can change. So it's, it's hard to really think about exactly where you want to be. And of course, I'd love to be doing huge tours and selling tons of records and being like a household name and stuff. Like it's great, but I'm not going to, uh, I, I like to set realistic realistic goals so at first if i could just do this forever and make a living off of it that would be great that's that's what i want at the very base of things yeah and i I think that like when it comes to us at least we totally like we under we understand that obviously we're not uh artists like we're more into the entertainment like side of things but when it comes down to like what we do um i remember logan saying to me one day that um it's with what we're doing we don't want to look back on it and go wow that was really fun we want to say wow what a good start you know yeah i know what you mean i i know exactly that feeling like you you don't want to reminisce about it in a way in a sense that you wish you had it back you're reminiscing in a sense that i can't believe that we are where we are now and it's awesome how we got yeah, going exactly. exactly yeah um i think that's something that's you know really important for us especially like as we go on here like this is our this was our last year of high school which was hectic um during all this um so as you said like the future is always uh always uncertain so like every even we don't even know what we're doing next week <laughs> oh man boys i can't even imagine what it's been like for you uh doing your last year of high school in the pandemic that's absolutely yeah, nuts. Yeah. i've thought about it a lot i don't know i don't know how you guys have done it because i was wild in high school like like you know like i don't what's it been like like what have you had to do it's like been, well it's, it's been like 
tough. Like it's just in general yeah. it's been tough. Especially like with like lockdowns and stuff. Like right yeah. now, since we came to school, like I have like uh Logan and Lewis, they're, they're like done school, but I have like fitness right now. So like every morning <laughs> I have to do a workout like on like Zoom a Zoom workout. It's like it's been like pretty tough compared to just like being in like our weight room. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. Like I've just been yeah. thinking about like you you know all those all those really like those really kind of big moments that you wait for in, in the last year of high school. Like I didn't go to any of these things because I was I was acting too cool at the time. But you know like prom <laughs> and graduation and things like that. Like that's yeah. a big thing in the high school. You look forward to that at the end of the year and like you know that's got to be tough to kind of not really get that well, like i still mm-hmm. remember like when my mom like in grade nine like when i started my mom was always like oh yeah high school will be like the best years of your life and like now that i think back about it, like the best the only like good year of high school was grade nine and it's the only like normal <laughs> year really grade nine and 10. yeah yeah um, yeah no. it, it's like, definitely um, been odd yeah it's it's pretty like one thing that really like got to me was like um on the last day of our like of at least me and Lucas like on the last day of our like our last day of high school we went and filmed a video like like uh yeah. uh out at like Georgian Bay or whatever mm-hmm. but like all of a sudden we're out there doing stuff I'm like wait a second this is my last day of school right so like, we just like <laughs> yeah. it just ended like it was yeah. gone and nothing yeah. happened it was uh, it- it was, it was definitely an odd end like you're very weird um it was it was because you always think about like your last day of high school you say bye to everyone right it's, it's this yep. big thing but now I, you're just closing a laptop yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i for my last day of high school i, I got out of the car with logan and <laughs> grant and we just went to went to georgian bay like that's a completely different Different vibe, me. but that sounds pretty good. That's not it a bad pretty, way to do it. It, it was, was not at all a bad way to do it, it to be fair. It was fun, at least. Like it's not like it was boring. Mm-hmm. No, we oh. got ourselves some mucho burrito. Oh yeah. <laughs> if it uh, if it makes you guys feel any better, yeah, I didn't go to didn't go to prom and I didn't go to graduation, and I could tell you, you're not missing a whole lot. So <laughs> yeah, well, like our sure. like our graduation like is set up right now to be like yeah. a zoom thing and like I'll, i'm not going to it <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Going no. we're like we all agree that like we're not we don't and then like go, our but... prom was like out of the picture like it's just yeah. out of the picture so like I, i've heard of like a few of like my friends that like they're gonna like do like a private one with like a like just a group of people yeah later but like it's not like it's gonna be like one of those like big like things for like all like your yeah. classmates and stuff it's just a house party at that point yeah right? really yeah. that's really yeah. what it's gonna be so uh i think things are looking up right now and i think uh, i don't know if you guys are going to university or college or anything like that but the first year of uh university or college you'll probably make up for it so don't even worry almost yeah, definitely, yeah. i hope so yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's definitely been weird especially with universities uh, as well like applying to universities it's, it's so yeah. Like, uh, the future is so unclear. Uh, I think we're, we're starting to get, like, a bit of a clear picture of what it's going to look like now. But at the time that we were applying for universities, we were still right in the thick of it. Yeah. So, 
it was so unclear. We didn't know what we were doing. Well, like, uh, so I, I do think there's a lot of people that aren't going to go to university. Um, yeah. Well, like, my dad was, like, even talking about how, like, it's, like, especially for, like, pro- probably for, like, us, like, our grade and maybe maybe the grade, like, under us, like, the grade 11s right now, mm-hmm. like, it'll, like, this, like, online stuff and, like, this, like, schooling will, like, come back and affect us later in life with, like, our, our education. Because they're, like, teachers aren't, like, obviously, like, doing, the, like, the same amount online yes, as they yeah. would in school. Like, he's just afraid that, like, it'll, like, affect, like, us. It might, right? Like, yeah, it's it's definitely, it might, it may, but at the same time, I feel like, so I went, I went to college, but I didn't go right after high school. I went when I was, like, 20, um, 22, 23, and a lot, at that point, like, that was only a couple years ago, at that point, a lot of stuff was online, so yeah. like even though we weren't in the pandemic like i did go to class a lot like i was in a mu- i was in a music program so you had to do a lot of in-person stuff but at the end of the day like a lot of stuff was like on online portals and like yeah. online kind of like things you had to do and so you might add, it might even benefit you a little bit yeah, in that might. way so who knows it, it definitely could yeah like um because uh, i know like uh, universities do a lot of that kind of stuff anyways um, I think, so it, uh, I think either way you're going to be fine and everything's going to somehow work its way. Yeah, I hope its so. way that's out and going to hoping for. Exactly, right? We're just kind of floating along. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the uh the term that everyone's been using. <laughs> yeah, literally. So, uh I guess we'll wrap this up here, but uh obviously thank you very much for uh, agreeing to come yeah, uh, and talk you. with us cuz uh yeah. yeah, no worries, boys. This was fun. Well, yeah, no, yeah, great was, experience. Yeah, it was weird because I remember, like, I saw you the first time I saw you was on like Instagram. I just like mm-hmm. saw one of your like promotion things, and it was yep. like I saw listening to your music and stuff, and I I really liked it. So I I told like the boys about it, and then like a few days later, Lucas is just like, "Oh yeah, he, we might get, we might have him on the podcast." And I was like, "No way!" It was just like Sick. it was insane. <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, you know I love doing things like this, guys, and. It's great. We're gonna have to hang out someday. I'm uh, I'm yeah. in the Georgian Bay kind of area all the time, so definitely oh, for sure, man. Touch. All right. If you're ever if you're ever up in Muskoka, like give us a give us a holler because uh, we are quite literally never doing anything. Um, yeah, literally. <laughs> so, I'm an up be, north guy. I love it. I'll definitely be hitting you guys up. It is. Awesome. It's a good place to be. So obviously, everybody listening, uh, follow Whaley on Instagram uh, and TikTok. Uh, subscribe to him on YouTube. I'll put all his links down in the description uh, for everybody. Um, and follow us on Instagram at The Real Artichoke, uh, YouTube, British Boys. And uh, everybody, have a great week. Uh, thank you for, for joining us, obviously. Uh, it's been it's been a pretty good, uh, pretty good episode, I'd say. Yeah, it's been an amazing episode. <laughs> amazing. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right. You boys have a great